Hi, I'm Ray Bevan, and uh, I count it a real privilege today to be preaching in Icon Church. Pastor Paul, awesome guy, awesome church, and I'm hearing some amazing things about what God is doing with you there. So I count it an honor, and um, I'm going to be speaking on the power of hope. And if ever we needed to understand the biblical concept of hope and how it applies practically to our lives, it is today. So get your revelation ears on, sit back, and I pray that this message will um, infuse something something in your life perhaps that will be life-changing for you. I'm sure it will be. So God bless you. Sit back, enjoy, and again, thank you for allowing me um, into your church to be a blessing to you. And I want to talk to you today about God's ingredient for longevity. God's ingredient for us to finish strong. God's ingredient to give us the endurance to finish our race. And for me, the key to longevity is knowing how to negotiate what I call the space between. Let that phrase sink into your heart, the space between. The space between the promise given and the fulfillment of that promise. Uh, uh, In Genesis chapter 3, God promises the world that a Savior would come to save us from our sins. In Galatians, it says that in the fullness of time, that promise came to pass. So the space between the promise given and the fullness of time of that promise was 2,000 years. (laughs) And uh, whatever God gives us a promise, whenever he comes to us personally or as a church and gives us a promise, there is a fullness of time to that promise. And the key to endure the space between, because I don't know, some of you right now are wondering, when is God going to fulfill that promise he gave to me? And you are, you are enduring the space between, and God's secret ingredient for us to endure the space between the promise given and the promise fulfilled is hope. <laughs> the power of hope. The space between the promise given to Abraham that he was going to have a child regarding the birth of Isaac and the fulfillment of that promise was 25 years. Well, how did Abraham endure that space between? And the Bible says in the book of Romans, watch this, this is so powerful, that Abraham, who against hope, believed in hope. It sounds like a contradiction, doesn't it? But what does that actually mean? Well, it's very simple. Uh, When Abraham looked at his wife and looked at himself, he was like well into his 90s. And so everything in the natural to produce a child was totally impossible. So when God gave him the promise, it looked like a hopeless situation. But in the middle of the hopelessness, there was a divine energy called hope that helped him to hope against the hopeless, if you understand what I'm saying. Because hope will keep 
your faith alive until the promise is fulfilled. Faith, the Bible says, is the substance of things hoped for. So hope, this wonderful ingredient, this, when the Bible talks about hope, it talks about um, a positive expectation that good will come. Man. And there is one aspect of faith that we must apply if we are going to endure the space between and the fulfillment of that promise. And um, I've, I've not heard anybody speak about this before. It's a revelation that God gave me. And it's an aspect of faith which is connected to hope. And I'll explain that in a moment. It's, a, it's an aspect of faith which I call nocturnal faith. The faith that rests. Nocturnal faith. The faith that rests. When I studied uh, faith uh, in, in all its aspects, I've come to the conclusion that for me it seems to be there are five aspects to faith. First of all, we have what I call audio faith, the faith that hears. Faith comes by hearing. Then we have optical faith, the faith that sees. Um, faith, uh, the substance of things hoped for or the substance of things that is seen. Then we have cardio faith. Uh, this is the faith that believes. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, uh, and which leads us on to the fourth aspect of faith, which is vocal faith, and that's the faith that speaks. I believe, therefore I speak. But there's a fifth element of faith that's connected to hope, and it's, it's absolutely vital we understand and practice this element of faith, and it's nocturnal faith, the faith that rests. Now, let, let, me just, let me just take a little bit of a side salad here, because there's so much um, guilt and condemnation connected with, with some aspects of preaching faith. In other words, well, the reason why you are sick is because you haven't got enough faith or your faith is too small. You've got to maintain a level of faith in order to succeed. And I think that's caused so many people to live in condemnation, and, and it's caused so many people to have faith in their faith. And we all know very often our faith fails. Very often we think, you know, we try to psych up some uh, emotional disposition and we think well, that's staying in faith well no I, I want to I just help somebody here it's not faith in your faith that sustains you through storms and through the space between and seasons of doubt and seasons of failure and seasons of fear it's not faith in your faith if that was the case we'd all be done for now watch this the Bible talks about having faith in his grace. Because when your faith fails, grace reaches out. 
<laughs> Remember when Peter stepped out of the boat? He was full of faith. Nobody else walked on water. The word came to him. Come on, Peter. He stepped out on the water. His faith was strong. He was walking. And then we know he looked at the waves and he thought, what am I doing here? Just like some of you, you stepped out in faith, believing God for something. And then you're out in the middle of it and you're having a bit of a wobbly and you're thinking, what's going on? Why did I do this? Am I crazy? And Peter began to sink. We know the story. But I love this. The moment that faith, Peter's faith began to fail, watch this, grace reached out and lifted him up. So don't beat yourself up because you think it is your fault that things haven't worked out. You should have had more faith. No, when your faith fails, you know, the Bible says that immediately when he saw Peter sinking, he was there. So it's faith in his grace. He will never let you down. And it's, and it's all connected to nocturnal faith. The faith that rests. Huh. It's an aspect of faith where you rest while faith works. And a wonderful picture in the Old Testament of this is David, Saul, and Goliath. We know the story in 1 Samuel 17. Uh, Goliath was not David's giant. It was Saul's. It was Saul's giant, basically. David turns up, and if you read 1 Samuel 17 and replace, every time you see David's name, replace it with faith, um, and, and you'll discover how faith, nocturnal faith, actually works. For, for instance, David turns up, Saul is in his tent, the giant is out there threatening the army and him and his kingship, and he's in the tent, he doesn't know what to do. And so here's little David, and this is what he says to Saul. He says, Saul, King Saul, your servant will fight for you. It was Saul's giant, but, but, David, but David said, you rest in your tent, and I'll go and fight this giant for you. Man, when I read that, how do you know? See, faith is your servant. Faith wants to work for you while you rest. Faith wants to work for you while, wants to work for you while you rest in the space between waiting for the promise to be fulfilled. How do you know that someone has really got hold of a promise from God? Well, yes, very simple. They're asleep. They're resting. Faith doesn't pace the floor at 3 a.m. in the morning thinking, how am I going to get through this? No. Faith sits in a deck chair by the ocean of God's faithfulness and just rests. Someone said, faith is very tanned indeed. And for me, the first activity that accompanies the possession of a promise, listen to me carefully, the first activity that accompanies the possession of a promise is the ceasing of activity. 
Nocturnal faith is a noun. It's not a verb. Nocturnal faith is not an action. It's a place. Nocturnal faith is not a state of doing. It's a state of having. Man, I hope this is... Um, I hope this is making sense. I hope this is helping someone right now. I, I, because, because God is continually getting us to lie down in green pastures. We want to get up and do something and make it happen. God says, no, you have to. This is, this is how hope works. It incorporates nocturnal faith. He makes us to lie down in green pastures and he leads us beside still waters. Nocturnal faith is the place, green pastures and still waters is the place where faith takes you to rest. And I'm going to show you something from the scripture. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 4, verse 26 to 29. And Jesus says, Jesus says, I'm going to show you how this works. Okay? Stay with me. Um, because this will really bless you. Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 29. And he said, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as if. In other words, what I'm about to tell you is... And what I'm about to show you is how the kingdom of God works. It's as if. It's just like I'm going to explain to you. It's as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow and the farmer himself doesn't know how that works. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, and after that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest is come. And when I read these verses here, Jesus is explaining the procedure of how hope and nocturnal faith work together. This is, he says, it's as if this, I'm showing you a principle in the kingdom of God on how it operates. First of all, he says this, the farmer who scatters the seed on the ground. We are the farmer. The word of God is the seed and we speak it out. God gives you a promise. We, we agree with it and we speak it out. The seed is sown. Watch this. We hear the audio. We see, wow, this is what God is going to do for me. We believe, cardio. We speak it, vocal. Then, and this is an area of faith that many people do not enter into, we rest. That's nocturnal faith. But, and also, and these, these words of Jesus explains to us what we actually rest from. First of all, when you're operating in nocturnal faith and living in the biblical meaning of hope, you rest from worrying. It says the farmer, once the seed is in the ground, watch this, sleeps by night. <laughs> He's not up worrying by night. He sleeps by night. The seed is in the ground. I, I, it's, it's there. 
I know it's coming. There's nothing more that I can do. And the Apostle Paul, what did that, um, that wonderful statement? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So nocturnal faith helps you to rest from worrying. The second thing you rest from is from working. The, 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 Jesus says the farmer will rise by day, not work by day. He'll just get up in the morning. He doesn't go back out into the field and dig up the soil to see if it's working. He doesn't command the soil to work. No, Jesus says the seed will sprout and grow for the earth does the work itself. Doesn't need any help from you. So when you've sown your words of faith into the soil of God's will for your life, it will produce without any help from us. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's fantastic. Okay, the third thing you rest from is, according to the scriptures, is reasoning. The farmer says, the, 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 Jesus says, the farmer doesn't know how this works. Please stop trying to figure out how God is going to answer your prayer. Stop trying to figure out how, how God is going to bring that promise he's given to you to pass. Stop trying to figure out how God's going to do it. When Lazarus died, Martha and Mary were so disappointed because they imagined Jesus would come and heal Lazarus. Lazarus. But he died. Now all hope had gone. Watch this. And when Jesus turns up, we know the story. He raised Lazarus from the dead. And this is the reason why. It's because here's another lesson. Very often, God doesn't meet our expectations because he wants to exceed them. And very often, we imagine exactly how God's going to bring the promise to pass. But God says, no, no. There may be a space between for Mary and Martha. It was four long days. Uh, and, 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 and Jesus comes to us and says, hey, listen, you can imagine all you want, but my desire is for me to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or imagine. And when God fulfills his promise to you, I'm telling you, it'll be far greater than what you even imagined. We need to rest, fourthly, from impatience. Impatience. Jesus said, first the blade, then the heads of the grain, then finally the grain. There's a process here. First the blade, then the heads, and finally. And from the time that you sow until the time you receive, there is a first, there is a then, and there is a finally. And there's always a fullness of time for every promise. And uh, so Jesus taught them, but then he did something else. First of all, Jesus taught them the principle of nocturnal faith connected to hope. Then he demonstrated it. <laughs> it's fantastic. Mark chapter 4, last scripture. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. Uh, and as Jesus, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, um, uh, let's, let's 
go to the other side. So they took the boat. And we, look, I am going to have to read the whole scripture. Read it yourself. Uh, but we know the story. So Jesus said on the same day that he taught them this principle, he said, we are now going to the other side. And you know the story. A massive storm came. And the Bible says that Jesus was asleep in the boat. He was asleep in the boat while the storm was raging, the disciples were panicking. But you see, watch this. Jesus was demonstrating what he just taught them. He said, we are going to the other side. The seed was in the ground. The promise was given. But between the seed sown and the harvest realized the other side, there was a storm. And we are right now, the church is in the middle of a storm right now, this COVID storm, are threatening the, 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 the reliability of the promise that God has given to us. And you may be in a personal storm right now, but what is going on? God promised me this. No, he's teaching you how to operate in nocturnal faith. And in verse 37 and 38, it says, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and began to fill with water. I love this. Look, but Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion and the disciples woke him up. They forgot all the teaching about nocturnal faith. Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? How many times have we been there and you may be there right now? But Jesus, through this message, is coming uh, to encourage you uh, to, to take his example. He was surrounded by panic. The storm was threatening the reliability of the seed sown. His clothes were already soaking wet. The ship was sinking. The advisors around him said, you're going down. But Jesus, his faith said, sleep. That is nocturnal faith right there. Sleep, rest. And I know right now the world is in a total panic with what's going on. And maybe as a church and maybe as individuals you're wondering, well, God gave us promises. We've had words from God. Uh, what's going to happen? And the boat may be filling up with water and you may be worrying and reasoning. No, no. Meditate on the words I've read to you from Mark chapter 4 and understand when you operate in nocturnal faith, you can rest. You can sleep. It's called the power of hope. And I just pray that this word has really helped you um, to understand how to negotiate the space between the promise and the fulfillment of that promise, whether it's corporate or personal. But you know, there's one promise you do not have to negotiate the space between. It's this, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. And there are people watching me right now, and you may be thinking, I'd love to live like that, Ray. I'd love to know how to operate and live in this nocturne.
eternal faith where I can just trust God. Well, it starts by simply giving your life to Jesus. Why don't you pray with me right now? If you're listening to my voice right now and you, and, and, and man, you're worrying, you're reasoning, you're impatient, you're frustrated, you don't know what's happening. No, let Jesus bring peace to your soul. And it begins by believing in him for salvation. I know it's hard to believe, but all your sins have been forgiven. And all Jesus is asking you to do, believe me. When I died on the cross, I took your sins. I've forgiven. You are forgiven. All you have to do is to believe. Will you believe with me right now? Will you invite Jesus into your life? Will you say, Jesus, I, I believe. I, I, I can't understand it, but I believe that you died for my sins 2,000 years ago. And you know what, Jesus? I'm going to believe that right now. I'm going to believe that I am forgiven. I receive forgiveness for all my sins. Please come into my life and teach me how to walk by faith, especially how to operate in nocturnal faith. Help me to understand the secret ingredient to longevity called hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for.